Hey everyone, I'm Jen Alberg and welcome to the Key Academy podcast. The Key Academy is my coaching business where myself and coaches focus on health, performance, and longevity. I've spent the last 12 years coaching people how to optimize health and performance and this podcast is an attempt to synthesize what I've learned over the years to help you live a higher quality or more fulfilling life. If you enjoy this content or have questions that you want covered, click the show notes to find out how to learn more from me. Okay, welcome to the Key Academy podcast. I'm Jen Olberg and I'm I've been doing a series on a framework for for simplifying nutrition and so far I am uh, I've talked about calorie restriction, I've talked about dietary restriction and today we are going to launch into time restricted feeding or intermittent fasting, which let's define those right away. So time restriction is giving yourself a break from eating for up to about 36 hours. We still wouldn't call that a fast. Intermittent fasting is when it's fasting for 36 hours or more and doing that repeatedly. And then there is prolonged fasting. Prolonged fasting would be doing three, well, technically three days to uh, as, as long as you want to go, but typically about a one to two month span is about as high as you'll go for health gains. And yes, you can fast for two months and live to tell about it. I want I want to touch on the the bad reputation that time restricted feeding has gotten. You know, if if someone tells you it's just a fancy way to starve yourself and eat less calories, you should know that that person is is severely uninformed about how it actually works and why you do it. While it's while it's true that you end up eating less calories, that's not necessarily why we time restrict. It really doesn't have to do with the calorie restriction. So actually in the next episode, I'm going to talk in depth about insulin. But spoiler alert, here's what we know to be true about waking. Gaining weight can only happen in the presence of insulin, a hormone that is uh, secreted when we eat. So the idea behind fasting for weight loss is to give our bodies recurrent periods of low insulin levels because if you can only gain weight when insulin levels are elevated, then you can only lose weight when insulin levels are low. So fasting gives your body a period of time where insulin is low so that it can liberate fat and use it as energy. So how do we induce low insulin levels? Well, first you could you could eat the right foods, meaning if you eat whole natural uh, no artificial foods, you will lower your insulin level, which is is what I talked about with dietary restriction. Insulin won't shoot up as high as it would as if you consume pr- uh, processed foods or sugars. So it can stay lower, but all foods increase insulin. So the only way to lower it is to have periods where you aren't eating anything. So why would somebody time restrict their feeding, which is TRF, or Uh, or intermittently fast. Hyperinsulinemia is really what's behind obesity and too much visceral fat, as well as high blood glucose, low HDL levels, high blood pressure, and hypertriglyceridemia. And those things together are the definition of metabolic syndrome. The whole syndrome is not a syndrome of insulin resistance. It's, It's that your body has too much insulin. And all of these things are symptoms of having too much insulin. If the problem is hyperinsulinemia, then the solution is obvious. You have to fast. If insulin is high, how are we going to lower it? Stop eating. 
Take type 2 diabetes, for example. We give these patients insulin to help them band-aid what is currently going on. But that isn't the solution to curing it. It's because it's because the problem is too much insulin. It's a classic case of not understanding what the real problem is, but band-aiding it with a half solution. You know, if you have low thyroid hormone, we give you a medicine for thyroid hormone. But if you have high thyroid hormones, you we don't give you more thyroid hormone. So it doesn't totally make sense, but it does band-aid the solution. Uh, of of diabetes and high insulin levels, but how does our body respond to restricting your feeding or or elongated fasts? I guess and elongated in this in this conversation is uh, three days. So here's what happens: glucose is your primary source of energy, and when it's not available, it shifts to using fat without a detriment to your health. Our our bodies have processes to deal with not eating. We're very good. Our body is very good at not eating. Our mind is not. During meals and and immediately after meals, insulin levels raise to allow for glucose to enter the cell to be used as energy. And then any excess glucose is stored in the liver as glycerol. Then the post-absorptive phase begins at about six hours after a meal and your body's insulin levels start to drop. Your stored glycogen in the liver is then used for energy. This stored energy will last you probably about a day, 22 to 26 hours. And then after that, your body shifts it into gluconeogenesis where the liver manufactures new glucose, new energy from amino acids and glycerol. Then about one to three days into a fast, that's when you move into ketosis where fatty acids are used by tissues in the body for energy by converting them into ketones. Your brain's energy is about 75% ketones, which comes from fatty acids. Those ketones produced are either uh, are one of two kinds, either BHB, which is beta-hydroxybutyrate, or acetoacetate. And those are produced at over 70-fold during a fast, which is why you actually, believe it or not, have more energy in a fasted state than in a non-fasted state. You also know that to be true because you are typically more tired after you eat, uh, and especially if you overeat, than when it's time to eat. I won't. I don't think I'll continue on past day three of fasting and what happens. Uh, what happens metabolically in this episode. Uh, We can continue. Things start to happen at day five, day seven, day 10, and so on and so forth. But I think it's important for you to understand how how good your body is at adjusting to having no food and how you're going to be okay without it. Your body has, has a beautiful adaptation process. It's your mind that wants to eat. Okay, what happens with certain hormones in fasting? So Insulin is your primary one that we're looking to decrease. It decreases at about hour six of not consuming food, and all foods raise insulin. How much is dependent upon what food you're consuming. Carbohydrates, proteins, and fats raise insulin differently, but all foods raise insulin. So the only way to lower insulin is to avoid foods completely. So even fasting for 18 hours and feeding yourself for six will reduce your insulin and therefore reduce your ability to store fat. Um, Another one is growth hormone, which is most known for preserving muscle mass amongst other things. 
it's a hard one to measure uh, and study because of its intermittent release, but it declines steadily with age. Over a five-day fasting period, though, it's been shown that your GH, your growth hormone secretion will most likely double. So uh, fasting will not affect your, again, will not affect your muscle mass. It will preserve it. Adrenaline. So 24 hours of fasting, so a day's worth of fasting increases your adrenaline and your metabolic rate. It doesn't decrease your metabolism like a lot of people say. You know, a lot of coaches out there will talk to you about, you know, not wanting to go into starvation mode. Um, starvation mode is is actually, it's kind of a crappy term, but it's it's what happens when your metabolism decreases because of hypocaloric intake, not because of no caloric intake. So there's a very different response that your body has consuming sub caloric levels, so call it, you know, a thousand calories or something, uh, versus no calories. Your body does something completely different. So adrenaline actually increases, which drives your metabolism after that 24 hours worth of fasting. So again, I'll say in, in the presence of some food, your metabolism will lower, but without food, it actually increases, which is brilliant. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Our bodies are so brilliant. Uh, if we don't have, a f- have food, we actually need energy, more energy to get food, especially in hunter-gatherer phases of life where the longer our ancestors went without food, the more energy they needed to go hunt for the food. So it's, it's brilliant. Nutrients. So nutrients in general, our, our fat cells have loads of nutrients and can be accessed in the absence of food, but will continuously be stored in the presence of food. In fact, there, there was a study done with a, a, a guy and it was uh, a few different people, but, but there was a guy who noted a 382-day fast where he only had water, sodium, and electrolytes. And he had one multivitamin as well um, a day. And there were no detriments to his health. He even know that noted that he felt fantastic during the whole fast. The only detriment found was a slight elevation in uric acid, which makes sense with fasting. So you have enough nutrients in your body that if fasted, you can access, but if consuming low calories, you can't access because it's trying to pull from the food that you're consuming, which isn't enough. Most often when I talk to somebody or people about time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting, most people scoff at at it mostly just because they would prefer to eat, obviously. And they refuse to believe that you know starvation is the answer. But here's the deal. Starvation is an involuntary period of not having food while fasting is controlled and voluntary and it's not long-term. Studies do long-term fasting, um, but typically we fast for a, a short period of time and then we eat again. People also might think it's just a fad, but in actuality, fasting is one of the oldest health remedies known to man. Every culture and religion does it in one sense or another, um, in healing, it goes back to Hippocrates uh, and that long ago where he prescribed fasting to cure a multitude of diseases. It's it's just that you've never 
viewed you being overweight as a disease. But it is. Too much fat is a disease and leads to many more diseases. Hippocrates uh, quoted, uh, there's a quote by him that was, um, to eat when you are sick is to feed the illness. And again, I have to say, being overweight is a disease and you are feeding the illness. Uh, Plato and Aristotle were also supporters of fasting. So was Ansel Keys, who's who's massive in the nutrition industry. They were all supporters of fasting to cure diseases and quoted to say, instead of using medicine, better to fast today. Uh, it makes sense, right? Do you, do you have an appetite when you're sick? It's a human response to something being wrong with the body and it's instinctual. It's not harmful. It's deeply cleansing and it's, it's fairly good for you. And it's okay to be hungry. It, you know, hunger pass, hunger only comes in waves, but we, we don't need to feed hunger. We've just always been taught to stay ahead of the hunger. So I'm not saying that everybody should be time-restricted feeding. I'm simply explaining it as a third gear to your efforts. And if you don't have body fat to lose, then you probably wouldn't fast. You probably also aren't, aren't listening to this in the first place, but people don't need People who don't need to lose weight wouldn't do the first and second gear either. There are uh, other reasons for fasting, though, that don't have to do with weight loss. Fasting, so even if you aren't overweight or don't have weight to lose, it does help stabilize your blood sugar and have more energy. Um, it lowers your cholesterol. It lowers your blood pressure as well as lowers your triglycerides. And you don't need to be overweight to have those things. So I wanted to start my podcast with these three pieces of my uh, nutrition framework so that I could start with a foundation of knowledge that's out there to, for, for you to work off of and for me to work off of, off of in these podcasts. Um, next, I'll be diving into to specific questions that people have sent me in recordings. And, and there are some really good questions and intricate questions I'm looking forward to answering. Thanks so much for listening. As usual, hit me up with questions. Uh, email is in the show notes.